This is JFM Podcast. As the head of service pointed out, after we took over government, after the inauguration on November 12th, I did say that we will not make any appointments until we go through a certain transformation process, which we had started, and that we needed a minimum of 90 days to settle down to go through this transformation. I want to thank all of you for the understanding and for allowing us to go ahead to do what we had promised that we would do. We needed that time. Unfortunately, because of the second wave of COVID, it had to be extended. It's not completely finished, but I believe right now we know where we are going. We know what needs to transform. So we can now move ahead to now form government. But before doing so, I thought that I should gather all of you with members of the transition committee which we put in place to explain what we have been doing, what we have seen, and where we are going. The transition committee was very carefully put together and to make sure that it represented the views of cross-section of our society with a heavy leaning towards the political section. So almost 40% of the committee are party leaders who have been in politics for a long time. So we had the privilege and benefit of having their own inputs to see what we're trying to do and to get their binding. But having been convinced of what they have seen with the recommendations they've made, we felt it is not enough for us to just go ahead. We should now call all of you and say, this is where we are. This is what we have seen. These are the options we have. The key message this morning is that there is a paradigm shift in Nigeria and in Nigerian politics, whether we like it or not. And that shift was clearly demonstrated on September 19th in Edo. That shift marked several things. It marked first a change in how we politic. Yes, we went round the state. We touched on every community, every ward. Listen to them. They told us what their challenges are, and we made promises and mobilized them. And in-
and a very beautiful morning to you. Welcome to another interesting, innovative and informative, educative morning on the program, Let's Talk. I am your anchor, Zoe Machunga. Over the weekend, we saw Governor Godwin Obasaki in a video that went viral, lamenting about the state of the economy or the finances of the country. According to him, the country's debt profile is worrisome, the over-dependence on oil. Now, according to Godwin Obasaki, uh, we got to FAC meeting. The federal government printed additional uh, 50 to 60 billion naira. We have to uh, find different ways of generating revenue internally. And uh, the CBN also has come out to deny the news or so it seems. Uh, he didn't know uh, he was being recorded. He was talking frankly perhaps to his team. And uh, right now, is he telling us uh, that, uh, I mean, Nigeria is in serious financial trouble. And I, for me also, I just learned that we can print money. I didn't know we could do this earlier. So was this something he recklessly blurted out, uh, creating panic? Uh, or was he spurring his team on? Is this news being taken out of proportion? Uh, should he have been frank? All of this and more. And though uh, many say, some say it may be inaccurate to say that Nigeria is a failed state, signs that its economy has gone down south despite spirited efforts to turn things around uh, many and scary following uh, some of some signs in no particular order uh, for an emerging market whose economy has vast agricultural uh, and also mineral resources waiting to be exploited by international monopoly market and technology to provide customer consumer goods for a large number of citizens who cannot produce their own needs. Uh, Nigeria's expected 2021 gross domestic product growth rate of somewhere between 1.7 and 2.0 percent. Uh, some say it's very disappointing. And interestingly, the International Monetary Fund predicts a generous growth rate of 6.3 percent for emerging markets and developing economies. This is way above the rate projected for Nigeria, the biggest economy in in Africa with more than 200 million citizens. The National Bureau of Statistics says Nigeria's current inflation rate is 16.47%, up by 0.72% at the end of December 2020. The difference also reflects the rate at which the consumer price index deteriorated to the disadvantage of Nigeria's poor masses. And this morning in the studio, we have two economists, two experts, to shed more light on this. We have Dr. Dagwam Dang, and also Sir Loki Omoso. Thank you for joining us, gentlemen. Thank you, and thank you for having me. All right. Um, what do you make uh, of this news uh, that uh, Governor Gordon Obasaki revealed? Dr. Dagon, please. Okay. Anyone who is ready. Okay. Um, you see, the statement of uh, Gordon Obasaki uh, being a governor of a state being a stakeholder in the sharing of uh, the federation account. Um, I don't want to preempt the actual situation about the issue of uh, printing money. Mm. But I don't know whether a governor of a state at that level who is a charter stockbroker, mm. so he's in the finance world, will make such a mistake. I don't know. So and uh, but you found that the authority or the authorities that's the monetary authority and the fiscal authority that is the CBN and the Federal Ministry of Finance denied. So we don't know. And uh, if at all we print money and then we are covering up 
I don't know. So we just have to now be safe, play safe, and be in the middle. Hmm. It could be true. It could not be true. All right. So, uh, yeah. so, so, so lucky almost so. Yes. Voice of the much. masses. Thank you. The voice of masses is here today. Uh, let me first of all appreciate the uh, JFM for the opportunity to be here. And I want to say good morning to our listeners who are very key in this project of making Nigeria to work. My brothers and sisters, let's take the truth and forget the propagandas and lies. It will not help us in this country. The statement made by the Governor Baseke, is it true that Nigeria is not indebted? All of us know how high indebted this country is. Is it true that Nigeria is printing money to pay salary that worth almost about 60 billion naira for only March, most month of March? Whether they deny it or not, if they deny it, how can somebody who's an expert in economics, a stockbroker for that matter, and at the same time, a key player, a governor of state, come and make such a statement? Because I believe he shared such money too. Of course, this money was shared to state. So he must be the person who shared the money. How can he come out and make such a statement if he has no fat? So if the, the central bank and the minister for finance are denied it, they should bring him to book and ask him to explain why such thing is done. But however, I will ask the international community, such as the IMF and the World Bank, to go into this matter. Because the more you print money, without going through the process of printing money, I'm telling you, 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 you carry one bag, you carry bag of naira, and you will not buy anything. Hmm. The naira, naira becomes valueless, and that is what most of us who are in this field of economists are against. We don't want people to just be, you know, paying lip service with people's life. I think I will continue when you come other questions, but I will let me just stay for that talk. All right. So, what is the effect, Doctor Dagom, of printing money? Okay. Um... Let me talk strictly technical and technical issues. You see, um, printing money is not bad. Mm. It's an economic decision that can be taken by any government. Central banks, globally, they print money. So it's an economic decision that can be taken. But there must be reasons for printing money. And um, you see, most economists, uh, most economies in the world, uh, they go into what we call budget uh, deficit budgeting what it means is that you you are you are you, you plan to spend more than what you generate so you have a deficit what i'm saying your your expenditure is more than your revenue mm. so you must source money elsewhere to finance the excess and it's it is an economic policy that is based on the keynesian theory and you do that based on the level of the economy. You know, the, the economy has a cycle. It has a cycle of recovery, growth, recession, depression, recovery again, growth, boom, and so on and so forth. So it's a cycle. So, but if an, an economy is in recession or depression, that is where the Keynesian economy's assertion for you to spend more stand. So in that aspect, if you're spending more than what you generate, you must source for money for you to spend for the excess. That is the deficit. That's what we call deficit. So we have different ways of financing the deficit. And which printing money, technically we call it signorage. Printing money is one of the monetary financing of the deficit. So, but you see, 
if you are printing money to finance your deficit, it must go into production. It must have an impact on your foreign reserve. So you don't just print money for revenue expenditure. For revenue expenditure in the sense that you don't, you don't print money for you to pay salaries or take care of overheads and so on and so forth. You print money for production that it will have an effect that will last. What am I trying to say? You see, there are two effects of printing money. Is either it will crowd out, it will have a crowding out effect or a crowding in effect. Mm-hmm. What do I mean? The crowding out effect is that it will crowd out private sector investment. You see, government provides the enabling environment for the private sector to thrive. So, if you print money, the resultant effect on the economy is increase in inflation. And when you have increase in inflation, another resultant effect is that you're going to have increase in interest rates. So if you have increase in interest rates, interest rates is the cost of borrowing funds. And if the interest rate is high, you as a private sector investor, you cannot borrow to invest. So it will crowd you out. It will crowd you out. So that's the crowding out effect. That is the crowding out effect we're talking about. Mm. Because now, with the printing of the money, inflation has increased, interest rate has increased, it has decreased private sector investment. So it means that it has crowded out investment. So, and then again, the poor man, when you have a situation of high inflation, the poor man will suffer. The poor man suffers when you have high inflation. So printing, the effect of printing money yeah. has these effects. But when the economy is low, when you're facing a recession or even depression, that you just have to print money, then you have to now see where do you channel this money being printed. It must be on productive venture. It must be the one that it will add to your... Bring in returns. Very good. For, foreign exchange reserve and so on and so forth. Not a pre-money to import, but pre-money to see how you can export, mm. how you can produce and export. So these are situations. But there's a dicey situation in which... In, 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 in fact, even in the United States, the print money, the print money, the, 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 the immediate effect of printing money is inflation. Mm. And so and when we've been hearing since that Nigeria is going into inflation or there is some inflation, we're not far from the truth then. Yeah, and then we don't know whether actually the printed money, that is where we're in this. But is there inflation already? Because of course, even before this 16, news came about, we're, we've been we're, hearing we're, that we have an inflation We are already. at 16.47% inflation, that's the headcount. So that is inflation headcount, 16.47%. Two digits. Hmm. Two digits is serious. I think the government took over at a single digit in 2015, hmm. but inflation is at 16.47. It's a serious thing, uh, uh, double digit. So now we have to be careful because printing money will bring about hyperinflation, not only just inflation. Hmm. And hyperinflation, you know, uh, is a serious issue. All right, Dr. Uh, Mr. Saloki Omoso. Um, he also noted how governors keep going to the center to get funds. Why are states not creative? Uh, what are all those ministries for? Why are they not productive? 
thank you very much once again. Let me, before I answer a question, let me endeavor on that issue of printing money. Mm -hmm. Let me just make a little explanation. You remember in uh, Uganda, where Jamie was there? He went extra money and started printing money illegally, we call it illegally, because there are process which company, uh, countries can print money. They don't just start printing. There's so-called trade balance in the international market. That determines what you will print in, the, in your currency. It is very, very important to observe. And that is why you see you have international monetary agencies that regulate country printing. If you want to have money in your uh, government account, what you do, there's so-called government bonds. Government can go and send bonds. Mm. You know when you say, but you get money from the public and financial project. Like what I said, can go project like productive project, not on salary budget. Project. I don't get my point. So government should be very careful in this level. Let us not make our money valueless. It is what happened in Rwanda. I mean, uh, Uganda. Uganda. Uganda suffered it when Idemi was so primitive. That is a very primitive sense of governorship. Mm. Now to answer a question about government, state government going to federal government to get allocation, which I call state government a parasite. Mm. Uh, after the sixties, go and check your record. Only five states are can can be seats, five defenders, self-defenders. Hmm. It's very alarming. Despite the resources every state have, including plateau state here, all the resources we have in the state. Look at solid minerals. Look at agriculture. In agriculture, we are very violent here. The reason is not far fetched. It's because what we are in this country is what called consuming economy, not producing economy. We're not producing. And it go to the state level. And I call it because our bad leadership we have in the government, the country. Bad leadership. Our leaders only know how to, how to spend money. They, know, they don't know, think how to produce money. They don't have to make money. Until we get leaders who think how to make money. I will give an example of one governor who out today is an, an economist. Honestly, is my mentor. I respect my lot. Peter B. Hmm. When Peter B came to Anambra State, within two years, he improved their IGR. You know how he did it? He brought a professional from UK, an Anambra indigenous. Hmm. He pleaded with him, come and revive my state. Hmm. They go into agriculture, they go into commerce. You know what they're doing in agriculture? They start producing vegetables through PPP, public private partnership. Government don't go into business, but you go into business through private sectors. Do you know in a month, Anambra was having $17 million every month as IGR from hmm. only vegetable agriculture. They build market. Through PPP commerce, they have about six market. In that market, in every month, we are getting nothing less than five million. I mean, sorry, sorry, fifty million naira for for market alone. If you have such invest people that think out of us in the state, I don't think state can be depending on the issue of going to federal government to collect money. Mm. It's because our state people, the commissioners in the state, the governors in the state, the, even the, the permanent secretaries, even the, 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 the head of directors of parasitos, they don't know anything. They don't have, the only they know just to, how to spend money. My solution, I would advise this country, is only through federalism. Let, gov let state governors, let government go in looking world and control their resources. Develop our resources. I'm telling you, this country, we are going to have a lot of resources. We are going to, our GDP will rise. How can go to your market today? Go to your market and see your GDP. Oh yeah, is controlling almost 80 percent. Is it not a shame? Where we have a lot of resources, we have agriculture, we have mining. What what are they doing with it? 
is because our leaders don't think at all about. Mm. All right. Uh, well, another question is, do our leaders know what is going on? Are they concerned on what steps are being taken as the federal government grandstanding constantly? The finance minister is telling us it's okay to borrow for this or that, and uh, it's just to generate revenue. But, I mean, she does not really tell us how to generate the revenue. Let's talk about the IGR on the plateau, Dr. Dagom. How are we doing? Are we generating enough? You know, generating enough is relative. Um, but let me give you a benchmark so that I'll be able to now uh, discuss whether we're generating enough or not enough. Um, you see, basically, our expenditure, we have two streams of our expenditure, the capital and recurrent expenditure, right? And then the income, we have two streams of it too, the capital receipts and the uh, revenue receipts. So what am I trying to say here is that the IGR falls under the revenue receipts. That is what you collect within a year mm. that lasts for a year. So if at all we're going to do a kind of uh, matching, we should generate the way we can spend on the recurrent. Mm. So that let's generate what we can pay salaries and take care of our heads. So for that reason, I'll tell you that uh, no, we've not met that threshold, you know, because our salaries is ranging around... Two point something. No, our salaries per, per year is about 20-something uh, yeah. uh, something billion. 24-point-something. Uh, 24-point-something billion thereabouts. That's our... But what we're generating, we're generating, you know, last, last year we generated around that 17 to 19 billion. So it didn't meet up, although there's a huge component of the 17 to 19 billion that has to do with backlog. Mm. So I wouldn't say that that is the average generation. So I'll, not, I'll, I'll tell you, based on that, I'll tell you we're not doing enough. So and then it should be our target to see what, how we can pay salaries with what we generate internally. So that should be our focus. So, but uh, going to the debt issue, or maybe I'm trying to extend, mm-hmm. you find that the debt issue. right ahead. Yeah, the debt issue, you know, uh, our exposure to debt in this country is about 30, 32 billion, uh, 32 trillion, sorry. Yes. About 32 trillion, 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 trillion naira. But you see, the whole thing, what we're talking about, 32 trillion naira, a lot of people f- see that federal government has really borrowed this money, but this 32, uh, 32 trillion naira is made up of the state debt and the federal, federal government debt. Okay. Do you get? So I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you the statistics. Mm. So and then you see, there are foreign debts and there are domestic debts. Mm-hmm. Good. So the foreign debt amounts to about twelve point seven trillion naira. Mm. So out of the twelve point seven trillion naira foreign debt, the federal government has about ten point nine trillion naira. And the state has, has about 1.8 trillion naira. Mm. So the foreign debt is mostly to the federal. Mm. So now the domestic de- debt, the total domestic debt is about 20.2 trillion naira. So when you add up the uh, uh, f- uh, external, which is the 12.7, and the domestic, which is 20.2, you have about 20, uh, 32.9 trillion naira. So for the domestic, the federal government has about 16 trillion naira. Mm. Then states plus FCT mm. has about 11 trillion naira. So you can see states, out of the 32, states and FCT has about 
12.8 trillion naira out of the 32, 12.3. So you can, you can put it, uh, you know, range now about 40% of the total debt also there about. So the mm. federal government has, has orders. So that is about 32. But you see, the argument that the finance minister always give you is that when you look at the debt to GDP ratio, yes, we are not there. That will start, uh, 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 start raising red flags. But if you look at the debt to revenue ratio, mm-hmm. you have to, there is a red flag. And that is what I'm ever saying. You see, if today you want to borrow money in your house, you must borrow having it in mind that you will generate and pay back. Because one of the reasons for giving out loan is your ability to pay. If you don't have the ability to pay, why should loan be given to you? So our problem in this country is that what we generate is not enough for us to be able to pay this, pay this huge that. So, but the, the Minister of Finance kept saying that no, debt to GDP ratio is still low. But I can tell you something, even from our loss, the Fiscal Responsibility Act 2007, it says that we shouldn't borrow more than is it 3.5% of the GDP. Mm. But now, I think we've moved more than that. We've moved more than that. That I know as at last year, they are trying to amend that Fiscal Responsibility Act so that it will give them room to borrow oh, more. even more. Ha. So, but as far as we're concerned, mm. as it stands today, we are, the federal government is violating that Federal Act Responsibility well, Act already. And we see the states also violating any rule that they, they can violate. We had Justin here and uh, we just heard what the state governor said concerning autonomy uh, of certain sectors. Alright, so let's look for solutions now. How do we begin to generate revenue to keep our economy from shutting yeah. down? Let's look at Plateau and let's look at the national. Okay. Dr. Loki Omoso. Yes, uh, Mr. Loki. Sorry, Sir Loki. Yes, uh, actually, let's be frank as he said. I hope the government of the day, mostly plateau state government officials, are listening to this program. I believe if they are listening, they are going to benefit a lot. We are not, we are not giving you free of charge. Mm. No, we are not collecting salary, we are not creating allowance. Please listen attentively. I've written later when Yung Jan was the governor, proposing how we can get improved IGR in plateau state. Unfortunately, those in the office didn't understand. One, we must go into PPP, with, into agriculture. On PPP. Nigeria Plateau is blessed. What is PPP, sir? Going private partnership. Okay. With private sectors. Public like, private partnership. Yes. Not public private partnership. Now, mm. the situation whereby you have, look at Tomato or Javier, look at Otato or Javier. Why not invest investors? Do you, uh, can, can't you just imagine that two cities that have such huge product, product would not have a, an industry that can have Tomato best? It's not a shame. Go and invite people. There's people that are capable that are the finance. All you need to do create an environment, bring them to port. They will open this thing. You get your IGR there. Right Two, you can invite people into mining. Not this local mining. This local mining is we are losing a lot of life. Go into a mechanized system of mining. Even agriculture, go into a mechanized system of agriculture. Another thing you need to do, we need to build market in this state. We don't have market. You, I've told them Terminals market. Uh, that is rubbish. Satellites. That one is already dead. Forget mm-hmm. about it. We have told them. I've told them my, my, in my paper. Go to Marabat Jama. He said, I open line. You need to expand the state. The state needs to be expand. 
That is what our states are doing in Lagos or that state. Go to that state, what are doing? They go outside the town, open market. Mm. Development will not come to that place. The road is already there. All you need to do, the government will buy land from native. You now invite investors to build the structures. To memorial of understanding, you build that structure. They will pay contribution to Plateau State Government. You get IGR there. Another thing they need to do is transportation. It's very important. You see, our transport system here, I, I like what Obaseke did in Edo State. When I visited, I was impressed. Hmm. I need the Commissioner for Transport to go to Edo State. Hmm. You know what they did? Now, all this, you know, all this, what like Okada or Kekenepep or all this uh, Taizi, hmm. bam. We need to do establish your Minister of Transport. Hmm. You have this POS, give them, give them, they will make each transport, each vehicle, build, build, build the, what they call motor parks mm. in every area, in Jos, in Bukuru, in Shandam, in Mangu. You build motor parks. You will not give them tax. 100 naira is okay, a day. Anyway, pick passenger in Plateau State, you pay that tax. You use ATM, you pay mm. to the Ministry of Transport. When you pay that 100 naira, they will not give you a tax, you put it in your stream. Today is what? 14th, mm. right? It will read on the attack 14th April 2021. You put on your, you put it. When I ask to you show, union is not there. I'm telling you, it do not mean vehicle have to apply in this route. Kekenepeb will have more than 40,000 Kekenepeb or 40, let's say, let's say, even if it's only 4,000 Kekenepeb you have in Plateau State here. You are collecting 50, 50, another times 40, times 40,000. You know how much you're going to get? This money you get, you collect it. You they, they, they don't pay cash and issue receipt. It's illegal. That is completely corrupt system. They take pay through their through their to a POS, mm. buy POS and give them. I'm telling you, in a moon, if you don't have money in transport, you are sure getting nothing less than 15 million in a moon. That is a very big agile. So I'm appealing to the state governors or government. Let us stop thinking how to spend. Let us think how to make money. Mm. Think how to make money. I think it will help us if the governors. And the, those in the authority Thank you so much, Salok Yomo. So let's open the phone lines. You have been hearing the voice of two economists in the studio, Dr. Dagwam Dang and Salok Yomo. So talking about solutions, not just lamentations this morning, how do we generate more revenue and keep the economy from shutting down? Let's hear from you this morning. 09055 places 99 and 090 Let's talk. Hello. Zero nine zero five five six in four places nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. Hello and good morning. Hello. Hello. Good morning and welcome. Thank you very much. Um, Abraham Douglas. I'm calling from Sudowoda. Go ahead. Carry on. Yeah, it's most unfortunate that the government keeps thinking about spending, not generating funds, such uh, as what happened in other countries. Just like other persons said, printing money without following the laid down um, uh, instructions in this regard will bring a serious inflation into the country. And then already the economy has been so emboldened with a lot of uh, uh, problems. So I think it is right time that the governors come together and begin to think of how to generate money with the resources they have in the country. Um, for example, in Plateau State here, what they do here is local mining that destroy the land. The other person has just said that why not get invite, invite investors who would 
built into a proper mechanized system of uh, mining so as to generate money into the state. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. We appreciate your input. Hello and good morning. Hello. Good morning. Thank you for joining morning, us. Ma. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Carry on. Yes. Uh, like the 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 fact that if you go to a state, if you want to enter, like want to go to another state, you will see when you give you a ticket. Maybe like, oh, for example, you have to buy a ticket for 3,000 naira. But you will see 3,100 naira. That 100 naira, you are paying tax to the state government. And look at, you know, it's not good. Because there's money in this town. Like this, go to this, uh, what is the name? You, uh, uh, what is the name? NTA Park, yes, that park over there. Somebody that owns that land. Gomeka easily buy it from the owner and turn it to their own and generate revenue from there. They let many things on it, just on plant. That is not good enough. I think let government have to wake up and uh, and generate revenue. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, even though you didn't tell us how or in what area you'd like them to focus their attention on. Do not forget, you can also connect with us on our feedback handles on Facebook and Twitter. Hello and good morning. 90 places, 990 We're asking you, how do we generate money and keep the economy from shutting down? Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Radio Mama, I do know, calling from right here. Good Thank morning, your guest there. It's looking very well. Good morning. First of all, we should uh, drop down the cost of governance. That's where we should start from first. Mm. Then after that, the, like all these agricultural products, especially on the plastic, the government should find a way of adding value to them. When you add value to them, that is it will now give rise to establishing industries. If they cannot establish it, they should create an enabling environment so that uh, private uh, enterprises can come in and establish them. So these uh, industries will now, uh, have, you know, give employment to the teaming unemployed and so on. So that will reduce the heat estimate. What is happening on the platform now? If, if nothing is done to check it, I'm sure it's very likely it's going to be released from uh, LB5 of the United States, and that would be terrible. Hmm. Then again, another thing uh, um, I, I, I want to talk about now is the electoral process. You know, there should be some element of credibility in the electoral process. For instance, the electoral deal should be, uh, the National Assembly should work on it, get it signed into law. That is so, uh, that electoral process is signed into law. So we can have credible elections and have credible leaders that can drive the process. Once you have credible leaders, there's hope for the nation. See, for instance, if we have strong institutions, not even the flagrant leaders use the constitution, which in my view is a constitutional sacrilege. For instance, this financial autonomy for the judiciary, what is there? There's no change there, as far as I'm concerned. If, uh, if we have a, I mean, a, a strong institution, it's implemented. There's no, there's no, there's no change. It shouldn't have even given rise to any strike in the first instance. And the governors are saying it's because of the way, the way they went about it. How did they go about it? It's a constitutional matter. You know, then local government. If we have constitutions, no governor, no governor will run any any uh, any uh, local government with care, uh, take us for the and keep on renewing it all along, renewing it. Because people are docile. We take advantage of that. That's, that's wrong. That's, that is what happens in the, 
Thank you always for ending with a message of hope for us, Radio Mama. We appreciate your input this morning. All right, with that being said, gentlemen, do you have any uh, comments yes. on the calls we've received so far? Yeah, of course. Um, uh, let me quickly say something because uh, the issue of revenue for the state, I think we're mixing a lot of things up here. Okay. We agree that government is supposed to provide an enabling environment, mm. not to go into the business. Because government has no business in business. You will never have the efficiency. Mm. So, but we find that we, we, we keep on saying that government should be involved in this, involved in that, involved in this. But I feel the role of the government is to provide that environment. And, and when you see where you can create a niche, they can give incentive. Mm. What am I trying to now say? You see, purely government generates... The G- IGR, I can give you the classification of IGR because that's my area of expertise. Mm. I'm a tax person. You know, you generate basically in the state through the personal income tax. And the personal income tax is either you pay an employment tax, that is payee, or the direct assessment, that is when you are involved in business, uh, uh, trade, profession, or vacation. Any profit you generate from there, you pay tax from it. That is one aspect. The second aspect is that there are fines, fees, levies that you pay to regulators. For instance, you want to own, you you have a land, you own a land, and you want to make the paper. You go and pay for the uh, uh, this thing, uh, uh, CO4. So you pay a fee, government generates from it. If you have a business that has to do with the environment, there are some environmental impact fee that you go and pay for regulation. So you find that some. Regulatory agencies of government, they are trying to maintain standards, so they collect something in order to maintain the standard. So they generate revenue from there. Mm. So both agriculture, government cannot really go into farming, but they can only provide the enabling environment. Agreed, you can go into private, uh, uh, public-private partnership, quite okay, to go into some other business, just like the um, ASTC, mm. the, gov- the government of Jiang went into uh, PPP with uh, they call it uh, Seco. So that is a company, that's a private company that came from Israel, and they had a partnership to come up with. Uh, so, but from the side of the government, you must have a very good deal. Mm. If you don't have a good deal, we have a lot of people that will come as investors, but to take your money as government. Mm. So we are leaving out the real issue in our economy, which is corruption, whether public sector or private sector. You see people coming from the private sector with beautiful plans. They will tell you, no, we're coming with our money to come and invest, so let's do PPP. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, it's only the government that will pay its own share. That private sector person will not remove anything and at the end of the day, the private sector person will be looking at the way of siphoning money from government because everybody is corrupt. So is it that our government doesn't know how to do business well? No, no, no. Of co- go- <laughs> see, whether you like it or not, we government has no, no business, business in business. business. There's no but efficiency. They, but they have experts that they hire. We see Mr. Uh, Rowan. He's an economist. He's yes. with the government. We expect he is, like that he to is chart Rewani, Bismarck Rewani yes. is giving advice to the government for them to provide the enabling environment. All what you need... You see, the function of the government are basically three. One, 
is resource allocation. Two is income redistribution or distribution. Three is stabilizing the economy. That is government function. So has any of these three functions been functioning? Yeah, the, but so not, to that optimal, not, to, not to that optimal level. And that's what we're saying. You cannot see government to go and have a manufacturing company and so on and so forth and do it. No. Mm. It should provide the environment that it will woo some investors to bring in their money. See, bringing in money is and the one that creates the growth. Yeah. At this time. Let's we, are, hear, we have a lot of issues. Let's there. hear more from the people. Hello, Hello and good morning. Hello, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Kumar. I'm calling from Chichi and Tijon. Thank you, Sadiq. Go ahead. Yeah, actually, I will comment your guest has uh, spoken well on the issue of economy. But when we check economy in Nigeria and at large, especially in this regime, these governments are not serious to boost our economy. Seeing how they are doing or seeing how our capital expenditure is not even spended the way it's supposed to be. For example, now we have only two main business people. Tangote and this other uh, boa that they are even bringing food. But if we check, they are just like uh, uh, collaborating with the government. If the government will create an uh, enable environment to bring on new investors so that they will invest, and there is nobody will come and invest with the, in Nigeria and seeing the insecurity that is happening, seeing the kind of uh, uh, dilapidated uh, uh, security system that we have. Unless the government, the government are ready to boost the economy, then they will now invest a lot. Of, we have seen that. The president have been going to, uh, to other countries to collaborate in terms of the other companies, China and other countries. But they have, we have not seen any result. It's very, very unfortunate that the government at least uh, six or to eight, uh, seven years in the system, they are talking about how to create. And that is one of the promises they promised us. It's very, very unfortunate. If they are ready, they should give the economy to every state, every state should handle their own economy. I think that one will be the only best solution mm -hmm. as of now. But government the states, at the federal level cannot do that. Pay salaries, Sadiq. Thank yeah. you so much for your input this morning. And another question is, how can citizens, how can individuals play their part? We've talked about government. What is government not yeah. doing? Are we even ready? How, how important is the part or the role of the citizen? Because government cannot do everything. Yeah, uh, I think I may come in there. All right, go ahead, Mr. Saloki. Uh, please, before I just come in, I'll clear that issue of citizens coming to the partnership with mm -hmm. government. I must clear with the issue of our budget. So we want to know what Madam Anda said about this cost of governance. Please, we must analyze that issue. Go right ahead. Before we leave here. You see, the cost of governance in the country is number one problem. That's why mm -hmm. we're saying we are practicing consuming economies. Go and check your budget of 2021. 13 trillion naira was budgeted. That 13 trillion naira, only 3.5 is for current expenditure. That is a dicing situation. We are using 5 trillion naira for servicing debt. That is a debt. Look, as an economist, if I'm in government, something is happening in my office, mm. I will, I will, I'll be mad. That I'm going to use 5 trillion naira to service a debt of 13 trillion naira, that is a very poor economic management. And in that government, in that, in that country, that government is even using almost 4 or 3.5 for current expenditure. You see the, the money spent on presidency, on governor, on parliament, on all these uh, parasitos uh, directors. It's too expensive. We need to cut it down. That is one. Then even to plateau state, the same thing apply. 
out of how many billion we projected, how much have gone for capital expenditure? Just only about four. It's not more than that. The rest have gone for correct expenditure. We must not continue that. Not to answer your question, to your point, even before I make that question again, look at the issue of issue we were talking about that government have no business in uh, business. Yes. Do you know NNPC last year what they spent? 700 billion naira they spent. How much did they get? 21 billion naira. Look, my presenter, if today you have, a, if this office today, the man invested 20 billion naira, and, and this year you get five, will you continue? You as a person will, will you close that or will you not close that company? That is not her own business. We should allow, allow private sector to manage the business. Business is for private sector. Go to US, 90% or 90% of employment is from private sectors, not from uh, government. Not from government. Go to China, the same thing. We're not even using our, Do you know that population God has given us is advantage? If human are, capital. Yes. It's called human capital. Yeah, human capital. For, because you create more labor and you create productivity for you to sell. But our, our pollution is becoming a, a, even a problem for us. So to answer a problem, government, for us to have government partnership with citizens, mm. government must be transparent and honest. That's number one. They must create a new environment for people to strive. Now, if I want to go to business today, there's no power. How can I operate? Mm. Can I operate? Look at common Babin saloons. Our mm. wife or your boys who are learning Babin saloon. They have to use generator to run it. Mm. Is that the environment I consider for you to operate? I told you last year, I farm in, in Bokos. Mm. I, did, I, I, just, I, 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 I work in a company, but I said, could let me improve my income. I went and got a, a land in Bokos. That for precisely. I found potato and uh, the, the, do you know the, the environment was not safe for me to invest? Mm. The, the Fulanis there were killing, were destroying mm. crops. Mm. I met a neighbor who invested about 20 million naira. Oh dear. They went and, 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 and leveled, and, and, the, leveled the, the place. Oh and that man lost his money. Look at the cost of fertilizer. Allow company to open fertilizer for us. Let us have fertilizer at the affordable price. The cost of production will be very low for us. Look at the seed. I bought seed of potato. I bought it. 12,000 naira a seed. It's not too expensive. There are much I'm going to sell the seed. <coughs> so you must create an environment available for people to strive. If the environment is not there, there's no how business can strive. And that's what you see today. When the DSTV want to invest, they couldn't come to, when they want to come to Africa, they would have come to Nigeria because of population. Why they go to South Africa? Because of the environment in South Africa. We can, one thing I want to tell you if I draw, please, there's what called economic policies. Every government come, you come with some economic policies. This government will come, I come to economic policies. There must be stable economic policies from government. Are you getting my point? If today the uh, boss and your time, 1999 policy is there, and it's still maintained today, I'm telling you, you give room for investors to have confidence to invest. Not today, I want to invest in power. I come to under the government to invest in power. After this investment in foreign investment is not easy to get money. You invest in power, you cannot take, you, you take almost about 20, 10 years before you get your profit. Now you have not you have not start getting profit and now government will come and change policy. My money will go. Who will come and invest in that environment? Mm. There must be stable economic policies from the government to allow investors to come and invest and get their profit. You don't just allow people to invest under a government after three years you say no, we are change policy, then I will lose. How you think you think we are expert in business we are fools? Before you go and invest, you go and study the economic policy of that country. I appeal that government should understand our plight. 
and do the needful for this country to move forward. Enough is enough for us in this country. Thank you and God bless you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, as you said, we have a very volatile environment, business environment, that you find that uh, it scares the investors, investors from coming off. in. Uh, but you see, I think basically solution to what you're saying about citizens, you see, like uh, our own system, they, you know, we're operating a monolithic economy, which uh, our energy is channeled towards the crude oil. I find that the crude oil has become a cost to us, that you find that it has stifled our own thinking. So we are not creative, we are not initiating, because most of us are looking for government jobs so that we go and end the salary. Or we're waiting, we're trying, we're trying to now contest for councillorship here and there because money comes from Abuja and they need to be shared. So we don't create, we don't initiate things of value. So I see that from where government should come in. Like he said, we have to reduce the cost of governance and see how we can have a fund, maybe let's say investment fund or production fund that we encourage. We can go into like kind of production leak Mm. state by state tell us what you can produce and export identify one or two then government should be able to now support before those governors come in do they not know the resources they have in their states so by the time because see we have to see how we can produce and and, and export Mm. because it has serious impact on the economy. One, it will have impact on our exchange rate. Two, it will have impact on our economic growth. Three, it will have an impact impact on our inflation rate. Three, it will have an impact. So let's try and see how we can export. It's very, very, very important if we, if we, if we do that. So we have to identify those products that we can export. Identify the market. See how government can support and see how we can create value and export this value and end an exchange, not relying on this crude oil that every day we're always in the trouble when the price drops. You see, you see the issue of crude oil, when the price drops, we don't have revenue to share. We don't have the federation account will deplete and we don't have what to share to the states. And when the price goes up that we have a lot to share, then now it goes back to the, to the pump price uh, uh, the uh, petroleum uh, pump price that is the petrol we're having you know when the crude oil price is up because we don't refine we export the crude oil and then we import the refined oil so we export high and definitely the cost of refining the crude, the crude oil to finish product that we import will definitely go high and that's why we import very high and it goes back to the to, 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 to the citizens, they pay high to fuel their vehicles. So there are two, there are, there are, there are two ways, you know, to the crude oil, uh, you, whether the price is up or down. So we have to see how we can diversify by having a leak be, within the state so that we now see what can you produce? What resources do you have? What opportunities are out there? Let's know your strengths within the states. Mm. Let's know the opportunities that will match those your strengths. Let's know the weaknesses you are facing in, in, in that state. And let's know the, 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 the threats that are facing the, the production of such product in that state and they will be able to now move forward but when we keep on not thinking outside the box and when we keep on electing leaders that I'm telling you when you see those ones that are, that are leaders today because of the money, because of that handout that they collect from Abuja so any person who cannot really think will vie for a position. As long as he can uh, buy Kekena Pebble, buy whatever, uh, you know, for the, 
for the for the masses, and Thank then he'll be voted. So much, uh, I find that uh, we, we don't have people that think. Mm. Well, the way forward, says Omodan Matthew, is for the buyers NAS to impeach this incompetent APC. <laughs> we need economic sound technocrats to drive our economy. And Pope Francis is saying, "Good morning, Zoe. For this country to meet the IMF's growth projection is like a future impossible tense." Oh, that's interesting there. And also from our Facebook handle, Etido Ebong, our economy will never improve because bad and wicked people are controlling the affairs of this economy. I've not seen anything good in this administration because incompetent people are in the right position. If we have the right people in the right position, our economy will project to the IMF standard, but not in this administration because they don't have anything. And Abuhari is the problem as long as he continues to be in that position. Well, that is your talk. That is your take, Etido Ebong. And Comrade Dadung and Sebas, very unfortunate for what is happening in Nigeria today. Nigeria is in trouble under the Buhari administration. Nothing good is happening. What is happening is killings of Nigerians and the government is not doing anything to arrest insecurity. For me as an individual, the insecurity in Nigeria is different from insecurity in other countries because our leaders defending the terrorists instead of dealing with them. Where is the faith of Nigerians? Any government that operates contrary to the constitution of the country will definitely face unusual challenges. God help Nigeria. Dawus, uh, Longs Dawus is saying the problem is Nigeria is not in of Nigeria is not money but good governance. How do you manage the money at hand when giving to you as a leader? So printing of money is not a solution to growth of our economy because our political leaders are misusing the resources for their political interest. They have everything that takes that it takes to to give us a better living in this country. No need of printing money. Let them create employment, investment in the country, fight against insecurity then we'll get a better government. I believe so much in Nigeria. Let's not give up on our country. That was long at. Thank you. Emmanuel Usman is saying, uh, good morning, Bola from Samaru Kataf. Printing more money for who? Why are they printing money? Where are the stolen currency? I don't understand this government. Every day Naira depreciates. Where are the experts? Please, we should try to do away with inflation. The poor masses are suffering. God bless Nigeria. Now, what do you say? The agony of the civil servants who earns less than 30,000 naira. What, how should the average Nigerian begin uh, to act now? What is your advice to the government and to the individual? Lastly, Dr. Dan. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Um, you see, the civil servants earn less than 30,000 naira. Uh, and you find that they are, in Nigeria, as far as I'm concerned, they are poor. Mm. Uh, despite the fact that the, 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 despite the fact that the poverty line is at 11,000 naira per month. Uh, but you see, at 30,000 naira, you're poor. But you see, I think um, now if you earn 30,000 naira a month, you, you're not supposed to pay your PE, you know, based on the Finance uh, Act 2020, you're not supposed to pay PE. But you see, the truth is that uh, earning 30,000 naira, you have to start thinking. Hmm. Uh, Thinking very outside the box and ways. see how you're very good, how you can really, and so whether it's a passive income mm. and so on and so forth, or going to little business or farming and so on and so forth, so you have to augment. You to just survive. have to have. If not, you cannot really survive it. All right, and mm. Mr. Lucky to the government. Yes, what I would advise the government to do, precisely, if the union are listening, the union workers, the workers unions, you work up very well with the government. Cost of living is the problem. It's not a salary. If you pay me today one hundred thousand naira. And I'll go and buy rice and move to 100,000 naira. It's useless. The cost of goods and services is what they should work on now, right now. Nigeria should look away to improve our productivity south. Our pride of goods will come down. Power supply should be there. 
price of goods should come down, price of service should come down. By the time you do that, I'm telling you, even if you are receiving 30,000 Naira today, and you are buying a bag of rice mm -hmm. as 5,000 Naira, you can make it, you can survive it. So the number one key is cost of living. Standard of living should be improved in this country. That is what you know should fight for now. Not the issue of 30,000 minimum wage. Push the government to look to make policies that improve standard of living. That is what we want. Cost of cost of goods and services. That is what I will submit. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much. And this is how it has been on the midweek on the program Let's Talk. We hope that you have been informed and educated to make better informed decisions this morning. Keep it down locked right here. Up next comes news top of the hour. And after that, the midday show with Ogi Digbo. This is J101.9 FM. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.